Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents Part 3 and the conclusion of his teaching, The Seven Spirits of God. All right, praise the Lord. The Seven Spirits of God, Part 3, amen. This is going to be our final session, so I thought it would be worthwhile in this last session if we reviewed the references from Revelation that we used in our first session two weeks ago. We're not going to read all of the passages, but uh, pertinent verses in chapter 3, 4, and 5, and there's a reason why I'm doing that, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Let's start with Revelation 3, 1 in the New King James Version. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God. And we talked about how that this shows us that Jesus is the one who possesses the seven spirits of God because we know from the context that this is Jesus speaking. Amen. Jesus is speaking and he is saying, I'm the one who has the seven spirits of God. So the first thing we learn from Revelation is Jesus has the seven spirits of God. Amen. Then Revelation 4, verse 5, also in the New King James Version. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. There's that same phrase again. Here, John, in his vision, sees the throne of God, and among other things... He sees seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, and he says, these are the seven spirits of God. In Bible speak, lamps of fire speaks of illumination. So the other thing we learn here from Revelation, the next thing we learn in Revelation chapter 4 is that these seven spirits of God evidently provide spiritual illumination. Amen. And then we go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, also in the New King James Version. Again, this is John and his vision there in the book of Revelation. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Amen. So in this passage, we see that the lamb that was slain is clearly the Lord Jesus. He was the lamb that was slain and yet is alive. Amen. So once again, it's confirmed that Jesus is the one who possesses the seven spirits of God. Furthermore, they are described as having seven horns and seven eyes. Again, in Bible speak, in Revelation speak, the seven horns speak of perfect kingdom power seven eyes speak of perfect prophetic vision so we put all of this together and we learn that Jesus is the possessor of the seven spirits of God which have been sent out into all the earth amen and they provide spiritual illumination kingdom power and prophetic vision amen and if Jesus Christ here's the part you really got to get if Jesus Christ possesses these things and He lives in us, then we also possess these valuable spiritual resources, termed in Revelation, the seven spirits of God. So my purpose in bringing up these scriptures from Revelation is twofold. Number one, I want to remind you that the term, the seven spirits of God, is not spooky, and it actually comes from the Bible. 
Number two, I want to show you that you can actually take some of the mystery out of the seven spirits of God and apply the principles that are being spoken of to your everyday life as a believer. So one of the keys that we used over the last couple of sessions to unlock the seven spirits of God was a passage from the book of Isaiah. Amen for Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 3 in the New King James Version. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now we know from our last two sessions, this is talking about Jesus. A prophetic look forward, 700 years, Isaiah is talking of the day that Jesus would come and the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon him. Verse 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, that is Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Amen. Notice, if you count them up, there are seven spirits mentioned here in verse 2 of Isaiah 11. The spirit of the Lord upon the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. And all of these are expressions of the multifaceted nature of the Holy Spirit who operated in Jesus when he was on the earth and now operates in the heart of every single spirit-filled believer. Amen. And to tie that to what we learned from the references in Revelation, all of these work together in our lives to bring us spiritual illumination to understand the Word of God kingdom power to reign as kings in this life, and prophetic vision to see things the way God sees them to show us things to come. Amen? Glory to God. All of these things are resonant on the inside of you. You just have to learn how to dig them out. Amen? Verse 3 is awesome. His delight... Again, we're talking about Jesus who has these seven spirits of God operating in His life. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Amen. All of these manifestations of the Holy Spirit enable us to judge like God judges, not by outward appearance, but by the heart. Amen. To walk by faith and not by sight, not just by our five physical senses. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Isn't that wonderful? You have the ability, if you'll tap into it, to judge a person by what's on the inside of them and not what's on the outside. Amen? You have that ability. You just have to operate in it. All too often, we judge people by appearance, by the things that they say, even the way they act, and we we impart unto them motives that may not be true motives in their heart. But if you turn this ability on on the inside of you, you can look into people's heart and you can see their heart and you can see them for who they really are. That's a wonderful thing to have in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The seven spirits of God or the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives To recap, we've covered five of these spirits of God, five of these attributes thus far. The Spirit of the Lord upon, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, 
and the spirit of knowledge. Amen. And I would advise you to go back to session one and session two and listen to this whole series to get the most out of it. Amen. So I'd like to talk some more about the spirit of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And as we do, we'll incorporate the spirit of counsel and might. Amen. And that'll be the last two. Proverbs chapter 8, we're going to camp here pretty much for the rest of the message. So settle in, buckle up, and get ready. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8, like many of the Proverbs, centers around the concept of wisdom. The whole proverb is about the wisdom of God. Amen. Starting in verse 1. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. Amen. Hallelujah. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Amen. Hallelujah. Now the word froward here in this verse in the Hebrew means to struggle with or to wrestle with. So what I believe these verses are saying to us is that he who operates in true wisdom will not wrestle or struggle with what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. Amen. What is true and what is not true. This will not be a wrestle or a struggle in your life because it's as plain as day to those who possess the spirit of knowledge and understanding. You know it by the word and you know it by the spirit. And sometimes you know things because it's just plain common sense. Amen. As one preacher says, you ought to have the the sense of the north end of a northbound horse, not the south end. Did everybody get the picture there? All right, case in point is the current gender confusion that the wisdom of this world has thrust upon us. One university suggests that there are 62 possible genders that they have identified according to their research. But to a person who operates in true wisdom, it's very simple. Science and biology clearly delineate that human beings are born male or female. With certain traits and certain characteristics that are associated with the two sexes. Even in the case of people who are born with genetic mutation, there is still one sex that will be dominant. And besides all that, we have the wisdom of the word to go by. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen. That's the next slide. Glory to God. Questions? So much for the wisdom of this world. Amen. All right. 
verse 10, Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Amen. Listen, what the Bible is saying to us is the wisdom of God is more valuable than anything you can pursue in your life. If you had all the riches in the world, it wouldn't compare to the wisdom of God. Therefore, your first priority as a believer is the pursuit of the wisdom of God, not the pursuit of the riches of this world. Amen. Amen. Verse 12 says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. However, comma, if you operate in the wisdom of God, things like this will happen in your life. You may get an idea or an invention from the Lord that will change your whole life. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony. One way of doing something better or one new widget or device that no one else has ever thought of. And God breathes on it and it changes everything in your life. I remember one preacher, I'll never forget this testimony. He was praying for more monthly income. He was a traveling minister and he said, Lord, I just want you to give me one idea that I can turn into a monthly income. And you know what? The Lord gave him an idea and it turned into a monthly income that helps support him as he travels around the world preaching the gospel. Amen. I don't have time to go into it, but it was a really cool idea. Amen. God will do that for you if you'll seek wisdom and not just the riches of this world. It's not that God doesn't want you to have riches. He wants your priorities to be right. If you seek the true riches of God, the wisdom of God, then the other riches will follow. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy. And the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Now, in this case, froward uh, in the Hebrew means perverse and the perverse mouth do I hate. You know, we talked about last week about how the fear of the Lord uh, produces in you a reverential fear of God. You know, you you look how big and how powerful he is and how tiny you feel in comparison and it humbles you. That God even cares about you, amen? But He does. He cared enough to send His Son to die for you. Even if you were the only person on planet Earth, guess what? Jesus still would have come and given His life for you. Whoo, I like that. Amen. Amen. But the fear of the Lord will also invoke in us an awareness of, listen to me, the holiness of God. You notice when you get in the presence of God, you're aware that He is holy. And that you are not, (laughs) at least not in the totality of your being. We know uh, because of Ephesians 4.24 that if you're born again in you, you're truly righteous and holy. But only that part of you, the rest of you need some work, right? Your spirit is perfect, but your soul and your body, they need work before you're truly holy in all of your being. So you stand in the presence of God and you become aware that he's holy And maybe you're not. (laughs) And it humbles you, amen. It produces in you a desire to do that which is right. You know, because of all the things that God has done for me, out of gratitude, I want to live right. 
I want to do right. I want to pursue good and eschew evil as Abraham did, as Job did. I want to go after what is right and leave behind what is wrong. Listen, if you're a Christian, if you're spirit-filled and that desire is not in you, you need to pray, Lord, stir something on the inside of me. Because if you don't want to do good and eschew evil, something's not right in your life. It pains me to even think of not living up to his vision for my life. You know, it's related to the, to the love of the Lord. If you really love the Lord, you know, one of the byproducts of the fear of the Lord is to love the Lord. And if you really love somebody, you don't want to do anything to hurt them, do you? You know, I preached this years ago. Fall in love with Jesus if you got a sin problem. In other words, fall so in love with Jesus that your heart breaks at the thought of doing anything that would hurt him. You don't sin because you don't want to hurt Jesus who died for you. All he did for you, you know, should produce in you a gratitude and a desire to live right for him. That's the kind of reverential fear we're talking about this morning. It has very... Many facets, just a humbleness at, at how big he is and how little you are, but also how holy he is. Oh, my Lord. Every time I hear a testimony about somebody that's caught up in the presence of God, you hear the same thing. I was aware of how holy God was, and I felt totally unholy in his presence. I mean, I've had that happen to me. I got caught up back in the year 2000, and I had a, an encounter with the Lord. And in this encounter, the wind blew in the upstairs bedroom of 9307 Belden Drive in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, my wife and daughters, teenagers at the time, they were down there watching chick flicks on the video, amen. And I'm up there, and I'm having an encounter with the Lord. And the windows are closed. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but somebody needs to hear this. And I'm laying on the bed. I've got covers over me. And all of a sudden, the wind starts blowing in the room. Yet the windows are closed. The drapes started flapping. The covers blew off of me. And I'm laying there. And all of a sudden, the presence of God filled the room. And my first impulse was to cry out to Him. I put my hands in the air and I said, Oh, Lord. The greatest desire of my heart is to be the man you made me to be. To please you in everything that I do in my life. It just came out of me. An awareness of his holiness and how I didn't currently measure up, but I wanted to. It was in me to want to live holy. You get in the presence of God, that'll happen. It'll stir that up in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward or perverse mouth. Do I hate? I hate all of that stuff and I hate when I fall into it. Amen. Verse 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. And some translations also translate that as might. I have might. Amen. Remember, we talked about how the fear of the Lord, which is mentioned in verse 13, which we just spent a lot of time talking about, activates the other attributes of the Spirit of God at work in our lives. Four of them are mentioned here in verse 14. 
the spirit of counsel, wisdom, understanding, and might. Amen. Praise God. So let me use this occasion to add one more thing to our discussion of wisdom and understanding before we move on. There is such a thing as sound wisdom, and there is the wisdom of this world, which we just talked about. But a man or a woman of understanding will understand the difference between the two. You hear some of the rubbish that comes across your TV, and you go, you know what, that's rubbish. That's the wisdom of this world that is utter, pure foolishness. But to them, they think it's deep. They think it's insightful. They think it's cutting edge. It's just rubbish, as my British cousins would say. Rubbish. Put it in the rubbish bin. All right, so let's talk about the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, and we're going to wrap it up with those two. Starting with the spirit of counsel. The spirit of counsel can come from within, or it can come from another believer who stirs up the wisdom of God that lives on the inside of you. Proverbs 20, verse 5, in the King James Version, addresses stirring up the wisdom within. It says, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Some translations say, plans and purposes in the heart of man are like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw them out. Amen. There are plans and purposes and counsel that are already in your heart as a spirit-filled believer that have to do with your destiny, your calling in life, and all you got to do is stir those things up and let them rise to the surface so you can walk in them. Amen. One of the ways you can do that is by praying in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost, and those things get stirred up in the inside of you, and they come to the surface so you can walk them out. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 is the other side of this equation. That is when someone else brings counsel to you. It says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. In the Hebrew, it actually says, An intelligent man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. In other words, a wise person will submit himself to wise counsel from others who have more knowledge and understanding in certain areas than you do. Amen? It is intelligent to take the counsel of others and let it stir up the wisdom of God that's on the inside of you. How many know what I'm talking about when you hear wise counsel from somebody and all of a sudden just on the inside you just know it's right? You know it's right. It bears witness with your spirit. And you go, you know what? That's right. That's exactly what I need to do. But you needed to hear it from someone else to stir that up on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So that's the spirit of counsel. Everybody knows what that's like. Amen. You can either stir it up on the inside or someone else will stir it up on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Or even listening to the preacher, you might get a word of wisdom or counsel that will stir in your heart and go, you know what? What the preacher said is exactly what I needed to hear, and that's what I'm going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. The spirit of might. The spirit of might. Let me read a couple scriptures here, and then we'll talk about the spirit of might. Ephesians 3.16 in the King James Version. Now, Paul here is praying 
for the Ephesian believers. And he says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Amen. You know, you have a spirit man on the inside of you, and he can be strengthened with might by the spirit of God. Amen. Ephesians 6.10 in the New King James Version says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There is natural strength, and then there's the strength of the Lord. Amen. And the strength of the Lord is way more powerful than our natural strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First Chronicles 16.11 in the King James Version says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Many translations say it like this. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Why? Because in the presence of the Lord, there is joy, but there's also strength. The strength of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is physical strength and then there is spiritual strength. Let me give you a really, really good example. When Jesus fasted 40 days and was tempted in the wilderness. He pushed the limits of his body further than any point in his life up to the crucifixion. You can read about that in Luke chapter 4. And even though his physical body was weak, hear me out, he was strong in spirit and was able to parry every attack of the enemy with the word of God. Even though he must have been so weak he could hardly stand, he was able to stand against every attack of the devil. He was weak physically, but he was strong spiritually. He had just come from the Jordan River where he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and power, amen, and fire was on him. And the devil, even at his weakest physical moment, was no match for him, amen. amen. It says there in Luke chapter 4, if you keep reading after the temptation, he came out of Judea back into Galilee in the power of the Spirit. The power of God was on him so he could push his body to the limit if he had to. And that's a lesson for you and I. Sometimes we go through an ordeal that is exhausting physically and exhausting emotionally. And I want to let you know that even though it might be exhausting in every respect, for your natural body and your natural mind, the strength of the Lord will sustain you at those times in your life. And I find that very comforting because I've had that happen to me many times. When I was at my wit's end, when I didn't think I could push my body another day, and the Lord said, I am with you, I am for you, and I am in you. Press on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, Matthew's account says after the temptations of the devil in the wilderness that angels came to minister unto him. Amen. You know what I believe? I believe if you go through those times of testing and trial where you're physically and emotionally exhausted, if you will rely on the strength of the Lord, angels will come and minister unto you. Amen. You may not be aware of it, but I believe it's happening. Amen. If it happened to Jesus, then it'll happen to us. He is our forerunner. He's our prototype. Amen. Glory to God. All right, back to Proverbs 8, verse 15 by me kings reign and princes decree justice by me talking about wisdom now by me princes rule and nobles even all the judges of the earth 
I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Those first two verses I want to zero in on for just a second. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Amen. You want to learn how to reign as kings in this life? Then seek the wisdom of God above all other things in your life. Amen. Let that be your number one goal. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Now listen, I'm not necessarily a morning person. But I'm more of a morning person than my wife is. We get up, and if it's earlier than 9 o'clock, her usual response to anything I say to her is, huh. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. And from her perspective, I'm like, la di da di da it's another day. What a beautiful day. She's like, huh. <laughs> so... This is talking about the morning time here. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Your first priority when you wake up in the morning should be to seek the wisdom of God for the day ahead. Every morning when I get up, one of the first prayers that I utter out of my lips is this, Lord, fill me with your purpose for this day and every day. Make me the man you called me to be. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all that you've called me to do. Amen. I pray that every morning when I wake up. And then I pray that the grace of God would be on me so that I could walk out the day's activities. Amen. I start my day like that. I want wisdom. I want to I find out which way he's flowing. And that's the way I want to be going. Amen. All right. Verse 18. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. Remember, the whole theme is wisdom. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. You know, the Holy Spirit is still talking here about true riches versus natural riches, but there's a shift about to happen. In verse 20, he says, I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. Listen to me, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Notice the word is saying, if you put true riches as your priority, then natural riches will inevitably follow. And there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. The Bible says it's the love of money that corrupts us. It's the root of all evil. But I can like money. <laughs> you know, God doesn't care if you have stuff. He doesn't care if you have things. He just doesn't want those things or that stuff having you. Amen. He doesn't want you having a bigger barn mentality. I'm gathering all these riches, and I'm going to store them up in this barn, and nobody's going to touch them as long as I live. No, God wants you to be a funnel of wealth so that his covenant will be spread all over the earth. In Deuteronomy, he said, it is God who gives you the power to get wealth. If you break that down, that word power actually means wealth. It is God who gives you the wealth to get more wealth. 
Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And you use that seed and he will multiply and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. Now, that's a pretty good segue because we're going to be talking about prosperity in our next series. Amen. I've never preached on prosperity before, but the Lord said, you got to preach it and you got to live it too. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Matthew 6, 33, we'll wrap it up with this. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things, all this stuff, all this provision shall be added to you. Amen. It's not that God doesn't want you to be blessed. He just wants your heart in the right place. Be after Him and His wisdom. Let your heart want to be like Jesus. Not to be the biggest fat cat in your neighborhood. You young people, that's an old school term for rich people. You know, the rich man, you know, the man in the Cadillac with all the money, pays with cash everywhere he goes. You know, y'all, y'all older people, no, no, you all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> Who's that? Who said that? Uh, come on, you're older than me. Praise the Lord. Uh, Listen, there may still be some mysteries that we haven't uncovered concerning the seven spirits of God. But we don't have to understand everything to walk in the truths that we've learned so far. Isn't that right? One of my questions, just as a teaser, is why is wisdom and understanding spoken of in the feminine gender? I just let that hang in the air there. There's something going on that I don't completely understand, but one day I will. Amen. What'd you say? Oh, obviously. <laughs> the front row of women here are saying that's because women are smarter than men. Amen. There might be something to that, you know. As I said, there may still be some mysteries that we have yet to uncover concerning the seven spirits of God. But one thing we do know, they are an expression of the seven attributes The seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of a believer. The Spirit of the Lord upon, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed the conclusion of Dr. Forrest's message, The Seven Spirits of God. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship, 10.30 for worship and service, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for spirit-filled prayer. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.